Hello and welcome to episode nine of Nightmare Cinema, where these three idiots uh, talk about our favourite genre, horror films. Um, how are we all today? Tired. I'm fine. But can oh, I yeah. just say, can I, mean, I just I'm say horror, horror is not my favourite genre? What do you Don't mean? You Get off. Go, Miss, just leave. Just log off. From. Just log off, John. How? How? Why would the most... It's something I can't really deal with very well be my favourite genre. I fucking hate horror films. You don't. You bang on Just about have an opinion enough. about everything. That's true. Maybe we should find a replacement for you. This film's okay, though. This film's okay, though, because it's... If you watch it now, it's not that scary. It's not scary at all. So the film that we are discussing today was directed by Robin Hardy, written by Anthony Schaefer, and it stars the tongue-twisting Edward Woodward, the legendary Christopher Lee, some woman called Diane... It's, this is auto-corrected to Diane Client. That is not a name. And also Britt Eklund. So you guys know that I like to have a little interesting fact at the start of... My episodes, yes. Yes, now you've said it, yes. And, oh, um, yeah, that interesting fact. <laughs> interesting I remember fact, well, this feature. The interesting fact for this week is that Rod Stewart, the singer, launched an attempt to block the release of this film when he learned that his then-girlfriend would appear naked in the film. And obviously his girlfriend at the time was Britt Eklund. So the film that we're actually talking about today is obviously The Wicker Man. Woohoo! So, John Dunn, I want you to give us a little rundown of this film's narrative, please. Do all Rod Stewart's girlfriends have to look like him? I don't think Britta <laughs> looks like him. I think she did at the time. <laughs> maybe she wore the same clothes <clears throat> as him, but maybe he stood. Maybe he stood in for her when she did the naked bits. No, I think he didn't. <laughs> John. Give us, a, give us a rundown of the narrative. Um, policeman gets sent... I'm going to try not to say it because I said it an awful lot yesterday. Policeman gets <laughs> sent to investigate the mysterious disappearance of a girl called Rowan Morrison. One. Um, he wonders about this isle, island, trying to find her. All weird shit happens. That's pretty much it. Yep, that is pretty much it, to be fair. Yeah, I don't know what, I thought, that wasn't even trying to be funny then. But <laughs> it's, it's, it's the way that they do it from, from start to finish. The, 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 whole, the whole weird narrative is just, just brilliant. So what are your very, I mean, I don't want to think about your reaction to re-watching the film recently, but what are your very first memories of seeing this film? Did you see it before? Before? Oh yeah, I watched it when I was a kid, and I didn't have a fucking clue what was going on. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I, I mean, I was—I think I was watching it with my mum and dad, and I was just like, "What are they doing now?" I was only about twelve or eleven. I was oh like, "What's God. going on now?" There's What's a lot going of on? Sex and boobs in this film. Yeah, my mum and dad aren't really real parents, so are they? Look at the state of me. Um, I have a theory that they're not really they're not alive. Listening. I don't think you have parents, John. Have I spoken about this before? Because I've driven up to your house about 300 times and I've never seen them. No, they just see you and hide. They live in the house, you know, Johnny. They don't live in the garden. <laughs> yeah, but there's something a bit Norman Bates about it all. Okay. So, Johnny, um, before watching it recently, had you seen it before? And if so, what did you think of it back then? I'd seen sort of bits and bobs of it um as a kid it was um it was one of those that um a bit like i uh, sort of don't look now and um what's the other one we watched recently the one uh american werewolf um i say recently it feels like two years ago we watched that <laughs> and we're only on episode nine um yeah so I'd, I'd seen bits of it and i hadn't really understood what was going on and then after watching it i still didn't really understand what was going on um but uh, I like the opening scenes when it flies over the top. It's just missing the Father Ted theme tune. Um, <laughs> or Bear Giraffe or something. <laughs> or something like that. Um, it's, it's amazing because it's a bit, I don't know how long ago the Hammer films were, but Christopher Lee looks about 300 in these films from 
this when this was made in the 70s um it's amazing to see anything he's in where he has color in his hair um he's, that's him looking sort of sprightly and, and young and he was about he must have been like about 60 odd then yeah he was I, looking I have good no idea how old he was then to be fair i don't think he looked 60 he i'm sure he was old enough to watch the last public beheading in france or something jesus christ no john did you realize this was part of this were filmed in galloway where we went camping um, on an occasion no i didn't but it doesn't surprise me there's was, um was this a broke back mountain camping trip was it Jealous. um yeah we'll never know what happens in <laughs> what happens in, in somewhere else stays in somewhere else you know at the end of, end of the credits there's a little thank you to the the people of Summer Isle and yeah. Lord Summer Isle. It's like a, a fourth wall sort of thing. Hang on, is, so, is that a real, is it a real island called Summer no. Isle? No, no, but it's so... You just said it's, a, it's like knocking down a fourth wall. I was thinking about my, why my dad used to like this film so much. There are a lot of titties in it. <laughs> you say Mars. titties, boobies. You fine. But yeah, there's always going to be lot. a good amount because where there's one, there's usually another. They're usually coming... <laughs> Pairs. Usually. So what um I, I kind of agree with with both of you. I think I remember watching this when I was really young and not really paying much mind to the boobs. Not that I paid much mind this time either. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I didn't really fully get what was going on. And even on watching it now, like you just said then, Johnny, still part of it, I'm like, what is going on? Um but on rewatching it recently, obviously picked a lot more up, um, having a bit more worldly experience, I suppose. Not with boobs, but you know. Um, what did <laughs> what were your <laughs> what were your reactions to your rewatch then, John? We'll start with you. I I mean it's not I haven't just rewatched it for this. I rewatched it like I think I do at least once once a once a year at least. I, I just love the feel. I love it the way it still makes me go, what the fuck? And it still makes me wonder what the hell was going on in people's heads when they were making it. Because it's, it's, yeah, it is. It's, it, it is one long trip um, that progressively gets worse and has a horrendous fiery ending. But it's, it's, it's always been a film that I've gone back to. It's always been a film that I really, really enjoy. It, I enjoy its unsettling nature. That's bizarre of me, isn't it? <laughs> what about you, John? Johnny? Uh, yeah, I I really liked it, despite the fact that uh, there were no subtitles for it on the version I watched. Um, what in English? So, yeah, it is, but um, I had to my hearing shite, so I had to pump it quite loud. Um, Do you need to get your ears checked? What? No, I, yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> no, I usually, um, I, I, I just a habit. I usually watch things with um, subtitles. I think I, I was watching it quite early in the morning, so I didn't want to wake people up um, by putting it up sort of loud. Right, um, okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's not really impressed about the film, is it? That's just me, my shite ears, um, which isn't usually something we cover in these. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I liked it. Like John said, it's um there's obviously a lot of jaunty sort of folk music. I under oh. um what one oh, of the list under one of the listings it was I think it was listed as folk horror. Um and I think this does it brilliantly as a device for there's a reason when you hear that sort of folky carnival music that it puts you on edge rather than makes you feel happy. And I think this film for however many years, fifty odd years, is the reason why it does that. I don't I think, think it. I don't think that it, put me on edge. It made me feel a bit weird, embarrassed, to be honest. Oh, okay. That I, I thought the music. Well, actually, that was my next point to come on to the use of music throughout the film. Because in some parts, for me, it felt like Wicker Man the musical, and I was not buying into it at all. Yeah, I don't remember there being so much music, but there was. I yeah, there was a I think lot. It's great. There's a lot, like a lot of singing and Jesus Christ, just move on. Yeah, I, there was... Um, so my, 
Am I the only person who liked the music in it then? There was yeah, some sex. There, there was some sexy bits, musicy bits in it. Like where I enjoyed. I enjoyed the those. And hammer in the wall. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. That's sexy. That I can't see what is sexy about. It jiggled. It jiggled. I it was <laughs> jiggling. Such a pervert. I I loved the music. Why is it always me? Because you're a fucking like weirdo. On, like just like on my own. If I heard yeah. that, I even, corn even know the body thing one more time, I was gonna fucking flip. Heard which? That is it called corn, corn rigs a body or something. Oh, I don't At know. The very start, and then you keep fucking repeating it all the way through. I was oh, singing the landlord's um, daughter last night when I was watching it. It still has a better soundtrack than Rose, Rosemary's Baby. I thought no. No, 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 no. Yeah. It oh, does. the hand's gone off, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> he means business here. It, it does. It does. You're right. Speaking of soundtracks for Rosemary's Baby, Johnny, you promised us a little present this week. I did. Um, but I've been ill all this week, haven't I? What? I've, a been, off, I've, I've, I've been off work. Why? What's up tons, with you? tonsils were the size of um, a small cool. child's head. Oh. Are you feeling better now? I am, yeah. I, this is the second day consecutively I've not woke up and wanted to cut my own head off no. um, for the reasons of illness. So we're on the right tracks. That's uh, very good. Yeah, no, I thought I thought the sort of the music was it was instilled an oxymoronic vibe uh, upon mine ears because it's like <laughs> it's sort of jaunty, it's jangly, it's oh, you know, very toy town. Sort of lots of lots of fun and um, and and happy vibes, and then obviously there's this whole weird cult thing going on. Mm. So something that's, that's designed to make you feel uppity and, and happy and all singy dancey is is really got a weird undertone. But I yeah, now you you mention it, I do remember there being quite a lot of odd singing. Also, um, I don't know if this is just our school, but. Um, we did we did a, a Maypole in year six on May Day where there was a big pole in the middle of um, the assembly hall and there were lots of weird singing and dancing and we had to crisscross it and go in and out. So May Day festivals are a, a traditional... Oh, right. Oh, that, that's all right then. They, come, they do come from was, pagan religions, like some natural... I was, was going to say, well, what ours was uh, called Church Drive. It was a Church of England school. Wow. Mind you, the church did like stamp all over pagan holidays and say that they were their holidays and celebrations. That's unlike them to try and control everyone's brains. Wow. Also, um, Mm. he goes into this hotel, uh, hotel, this little B&B, and then he just starts moaning and he says the food's shite. (laughs) And then he starts, I'd fucking burn him. Want to wake up? No, 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 no. He says the food shite because everything's from tins. He's gone. The, the place yeah. where he is is famous so, for its fruits and vegetables, and he's wondering why they aren't serving said fruits and vegetables. It's kind of foreshadowing that the um, that the harvests are fucked up. That doesn't foreshadow that the harvests are fucked up. It does. It obviously it does, might, he, very he blatantly, very clearly it. does. He's, he's, the, the, the camera zooms in on his dinner, and he's like, "Broad beans should not be turquoise." Yeah, is it, but how are you meant to? Okay, maybe it foreshadows it, but is it, you can't possibly grasp from and then, that. And that's then he asks for an apple happen. on an island famous for its apples. That's these terrible impressions of Edward Woodward. I'm so sorry. They, they really, really, yeah. The Rowan really Morrison bad. thing is coming now because I've just had to stop doing it twice. No, so just warning you. but you're not you're not meant to gather from from that. I did. Well, because you've seen it before. No, it's, 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 if someone's talking about the food and he's going. Um, talking about the broad beans, and he says, "On an island famous for his apples, you're not giving me any." And then he I think goes, something well, was not quite right. Brit Eklund mm. with a fantastic Scottish accent, my ad says, um, "Oh, they all must have been exported." That was actually better than her Scottish accent. It was. It was. So, what did you think of the score and the music, John? I know that you said you liked it, but really, I, I just want to get to the it. reasons it, why. It, it, as soon as he goes in, it's it just it's it's just so bloody weird. He walks into this this inn, and they all start singing about this landlord's daughter. And it's not exactly a it's an unprovocative if that word exists song. 
and the landlord's joining in. It's just like, yes, you can all come and fuck me, daughter. But it's and then you're going, this is a bit weird. This and you you with Edward Woodward as he's just walking around going, what the fuck is going on here? Just a bunch of weirdos singing about it. Like I fucking you, you in one song, it's the whole scene is set. He's in a weird place and he doesn't know what's going on. That's mm. fucking brilliant. I loved it. But so separate the songs then from the rest of the score because there are bits where he's like running around and the score is like something from a 60s TV show on the BBC. Awful. Just awful. Yeah, I mean, they're more, they're more cliched than the use of the actual songs. Like, But uh, I expect that from a very low-budget film from the 70s. I'm talking about the use of the songs with the actual people singing. I, I just think they're so well done. Like, so Brissettlin walking around in the buff singing. It's fucking brilliant. <laughs> so we've, we've just touched on the budget, and the budget for the film was $810,000, which seems a lot for what, what it, we get. It really does. When you said that before, I was thinking that's, that's considering what's in it, apart from a big wooden man at the end, there's not that much in it. Mm. Um, so you're wondering what they spent that money on. I imagine a lot of drugs. Um, Christopher Lee. Probably. He did it for free. He would have done it for nothing. He loved, loved it. Yeah. It was, why, did he get, why did he do it for free? Because he wanted to get something around wanting to get away from doing Dracula films. So he was like, I'm coming to do that film and I'm doing it for free. But he was also involved in like... I heard he did the same... I heard he did the same in the Attack of the Clones, Star Wars Episode 2. No, he lost he, a bet with that. Over my he, head. Did it, he did it for free. Did he really? Uh, probably. So at the box office, it only made, guess how much? Guess how much? 12p. No. <laughs> John, guess. I don't know. I don't know. Money, money back then. $98,201. Oh, did I? Um, so not very much. And obviously it's probably made that money back in like, sales of like oh yeah no, no ray dvds and all that sort of stuff um so let's talk about how this low budget affected the look of the film then because i text you john saying it felt like one of those shit tv programs that you used to watch in primary school that <laughs> were like taped on i remember one yeah through no, the i remember guy. them and it was just like, it was that same really shit production value. I thought that was just the, what things looked like in the 70s. Yeah, that was probably state-of-the-art in the 70s, though. Yeah, Ooh. so I, I, couldn't, I couldn't really tell it was the, not... the difference. Was it not released you know, in the same year as the... Was it released in the same year as The Exorcist? 73 or 74, it would have been. 73, this is, so, yeah. But the, the, Exorcist, the Exorcist had a massive budget. Massive it was. And that's, that still looks old, old as fuck. The Exorcist? Yeah. yeah. It does not. Compared to this. The Exorcist does not look old. Oh, it does. no, it doesn't. It does not. It does. You are a freak. <laughs> I, think, I think maybe but having Christopher Lee in this film carbon dates it to the 19th century. I think it has it is it is a very production wise, it is a very amateur effort. Like there's really? um, it's a little bit like a student film to be honest. But <gasps> I, what am I <laughs> and I I've got uh, Sean Mocking Bingo in front of me. Um <laughs> it is I mean, but I think it works. I just think it's so uh, like it's almost guerrilla filmmaking all the way through it, but I think that works. It's like there's, there's no kind of uh, setup for it. There's no kind of um, synthetic studio feel to it. You are on that island, mm. and it's very almost documentary-like, although they didn't mean it. Um, you are there with him, and you're just following him around. Um, the sense of isolation at the beginning that creates when it's when they're on that plane and and that music's playing, you're flying for a long while. So you, you when he eventually gets there, you go, shit, this fella is miles away. Mm. He is completely cut off. And when when he arrives and he has the 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 the, the kind of discussion with the harbour master, you just already knowing. You're just going, 
yeah, this is not going to turn out right for him, well for him at all. And I think the kind of very, very simplistic way that it's filmed helps. But again, unlike Rosemary's Baby, I think they meant it like this. I genuinely think everything in this film is intended. Uh, there's no discussion like there was last week whether they intended it or not. It's definitely intended in this, and it works so well, and that's what's made it a legendary film. I don't think it does work that well. I think if you look at That's things, unlike you to disagree with me. <laughs> I think if you look at things, especially in lighting, which in old films is always a massive problem, I think it looks really, really inconsistent and uneven all the way through. But it's the inconsistent and uneven because they don't... That's just the natural light of each location. I, I, like, I like that as well. I don't think that's a fact. I think you might have just made that up that they didn't use. No, I'm, it's, an, it's an opinion. It's oh. just inconsistent lighting because that's what they've done. They haven't done anything. They haven't set any scene. Any, they haven't dressed any scene. They've got probably got two or three lamps and that's it just to so you can see the actors and that's it. Yeah, but that's the they thing. That's what I'm saying. We don't know that that is the fact. We don't... They might have tried to light that scene and they just... They can't because they've... I think, did they not hire students for some part of this film or recent graduates? That explains an awful lot if they did. Yeah, it really does. It really, really does explain a lot. Um, Johnny, what do you think of the look of this film? I didn't notice any of what you two are talking about. I just thought, <laughs> oh, it's from the 70s. It's old. It's grainy. Um, it's all right. What version did you watch? Because... I streamed a version that was not grainy. It, it must. It was like maybe not. Maybe not grainy, but you know, I mean, seventies. It had a filter on it called the seventies. Um, it was <laughs> yellowy sort of, orange filter. It's like 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 don't look now. It looked the same as don't look now for me, which is right. fine because I just thought it's from it's from sort of at that time, and then we just swapped out um, Donald Sutherland. And his moustache for um, this man that looks like Duncan Ferguson. Um, Your comparisons of lookalikes just go over my head. They do look the same though, don't they, John? Who? Edward do, Wood. Do, do, do. And, uh, Edward Duncan, and... Dun and Duncan Ferguson. May I have to give me a moment on that one? I sent a picture in the group not long ago. <clears throat> um, okay. So here is, I think, what John will probably want to get his teeth into. How this film handles, <laughs> and it's not me, how this film handles religion and authority. Go. Me? Yes. I, it's interesting you say this because I was thinking about this last night. His, um, Edward Woodward in this is, fucking brilliant he's got unwavering faith in both religion and being a police officer oh it's coming you can tell um and he, he uses them all the way through it it doesn't it doesn't even end when the film ends he's there, there is foundations all the way through it and he plays it amazingly like absolutely amazingly the way that he, he throughout the film he's threatening people with being arrested going going to prison going to jail um, being cautioned, being in a in in the police station tomorrow in a in a cell in handcuffs, and no one gives a shit. No one even, but they just look at him and go, "Really?" And the, he he just cannot conceive why they don't respect the law the way he does and respect his God the way he does. And it's so it, it, for me, it's the kind of foundation and the spine of the entire film, the way that. All the way through, he's surrounded by people who are just going, your God is not real. Your law doesn't apply to us. And he just can't understand how these people can think that. And I think for me personally, because you know what I'm like with this stuff, that's what keeps me coming back. And he's trying to fight it all the way through it when, he's, when he makes the cross out of the two pieces of wood and he puts it on and he's he, you can see the disgust in him as he's doing it it's like who's god these people fucking heathens and that 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 to me is what keeps me coming back 
because as you may have noticed i'm not really a fan of religion so and authority and any film that can do it on a level like this it's just brilliant and i think that's what makes that that and the weirdness of this film is what makes it legendary for me and the way that the edward woodward does it second to absolutely none fucking fantastic do you not think his approach to the people on this island um was made them come across a bit of a tit yeah no absolutely but he's to to kind of the the neutral so to speak you're going why are you speaking to him like that but that but that was he he was the authority and he went there with the authority of a the police and b god and he was firmly put in his place by a bunch of slack-jawed, weird fucking hippies. And that's f- fantastic. It's a ginormous fucking fuck you to, to, to the man. I was going to say Thatcher then, but it wasn't Thatcher, was it? Probably Thatcher as well. But like, it's it's like civilization has gone to this island with it with all of its entrenched beliefs and organized religions and st- concrete authority and they've just gone you're not welcome here and mm. not in this fucking village my friend take mm. your weird plane and burn get out <clears throat> um yeah i think oh yeah, god I, I love it i kind of agree with <laughs> most of what you said <clears throat> and um i think the the religion on summer isle um obviously it's a very it's a very pagan um religion that they practice and they've borrowed a lot from actual pagan tradition which is really interesting to see um go ahead pigs um yeah so what johnny what about yourself what did you do you agree with with john do you yeah he um he this guy big dunk goes in with uh distrust because of Obviously, what's what's happened to the girl? Uh, but otherwise, he's totally. I suppose she would be at the time closed-minded, um, religion-wise, um, towards towards other people and other beliefs. Um, I don't know. Obviously, at that time, whether uh, sort of paganism and other religions throughout sort of the country were, were accepted. Are we as an audience in 1973 meant to go and, and say, well, why are you being such a tit to these people? Because the difference, or are we meant to say, no, paganism, this is fucking weird. Why are you running around with dresses, beating bongos on a maypole and sacrificing people? You know what I mean? Um, it's, so it's, it's, are we meant to say that's weird and it is abominable? And I'm so proud that I managed to say that word. <laughs> uh, I would have written down, or, you know, we meant to question whether how he is xenophobic again back in 1973 because he makes a cross for for Rowan um so he's sort of forcing his religion on her it's like what are you doing you weird tit that's a very um, Christian though isn't it, it, it well yeah it is it's like he's on his own little crusade around the island um it has to and the whole thing sort of has to the question um of what really is law you know what I mean? Who is one man or one group of people to tell another, you know, what to do or no, you can't burn and, and kill people um, because of X, Y, and Z. You know, if you go to the very root, what is what is law and order and community? And this is a total restructuring, reimagining of it. He, he, like how he believes in uh, a, one God, uh, a bloke that lives on a cloud, the resurrection, the... Immaculate conception, you know, so obviously it's nonsense. But, you know, it's only the same nonsense as, as paganism, worshipping uh, summer gods and, and such. Um, so it's sort of a, a, a duality, really, for almost. Is, it, is he wanting to go there and bring the Queen's justice? Or is it the King's justice at that time? No, no it's Queen. Because she... <laughs> She is old the, as she'd had a job she, for 20 years, <laughs> she's old as fuck. Um, so is he wanting to bring uh her the queen's justice um for the missing girl, or by the end of it, is it more to do with him? Does he want to bring the church's justice? Does he want to bring God's justice? Yeah, um, they're really, they're really tied place. together, aren't they? Because obviously, religion back in the day was was the law, 
and a lot of our laws come from you know religious texts and religious beliefs and moral things as well don't get me wrong um so yeah I think you're absolutely right I think you're definitely onto something there but then he almost gets seduced when she's very close bang banging on the door that was one of the weirdest scenes I have ever seen in any film ever I think like what are you hoping to achieve by knocking on the walls that's not a sexual turn on is it it is if you're a Scotsman it might be for you because you could see you could see she was like naked and writhing and jiggling about and whatever but he was like just in his bed couldn't see none of that he could just stay like I would have flipped (laughs) turn it down well she was singing wasn't she yeah that was I'd have lost my shit I thought he was going to start singing back well it wouldn't have surprised me at that point in like a sort of a box fizz sort of thing (laughs) Um, but that never materialised thank god thank god for that and it would have been all the better for it I think Mm. So I also want to talk about sexuality in the film. Interestingly enough, I saw the little smirk on your face there, Johnny. Mm, yeah, <laughs> baby. Titties, titties. Titties and ass. put your baps into a bra, you brazen thing. You can't be wandering about on the island with your titties all a flap. Have you just some sort of drug? What is going on? Okay then. So, what what struck me most about this film is how the whole island are just not bothered that people have sex in public and they cry on graves with no clothes on, holding eggs. Don't you? <laughs> Frequently. Um, you haven't lived. <laughs> Really, really strange, and um, I guess what they were trying to do with this in terms of it being completely opposite to um, his his own beliefs in terms of sex and stuff, because he even says, um, I don't believe in... He can't even name it, I'm sure he says, I don't believe in it before marriage, um, but we're going to talk about him and his virgin ways a little bit later. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> sexuality was really overt and there was a really there's a really good scene in the um in the school where they talk about what the maypole represents and the fact that it represents the penis um and there's this whole thing then isn't there about the male the, the phallus isn't there Is that? <laughs> are we just going to nod at me, or are we going to say anything? I, 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 I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought you hadn't finished. I asked yeah. a question. He did actually. Yeah, it might have been rhetorical. It was. But now we know it isn't. <laughs> I mean, no, it's. Jesus. I I remember that scene in the school being one of the most, the the more shocking scenes, and I, I remember them them talking about it. This isn't the first time I watched it, and I went, did they just say that? Are they actually doing this? And I remember feeling myself going, because I was watching it with my mum and dad, wasn't I? And I remember feeling myself going red. And this is, if you think about all of the other scenes in the film, there are some much more graphic scenes than that, but that was the the the, the one that was really kind of like, because you didn't talk about it, you never talked about it, like ever. It was never discussed like that. And they're basically telling these kids about it. And you're just like, this is, this is just taking an w- even weirder turn than like, normal because you can kind of when when you just see it and uh, like the way that it's done you just go oh that's a bit strange <laughs> when they're actually they take it and they put it in a classroom and the fact that it's in a classroom and they're educating kids with it and and it's 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 spoken about in such a graphic way i just kind of went oh my fucking god what the fuck is going on and that that for me was such an integral scene i imagine at the time that if this film got in, got into any bother with the census, that was the scene that did it. Because mm. even now, I don't know how if you could get away with that now, and I don't know how they got away with it then, because it's it really is. It's not in your face, but it is in your face. It's 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 highly controversial scene for me. 
It is highly controversial, but I don't think it's like I don't think censorship. Well, the Maypole. Anything about that? Yeah, it's, probably more it's about not, the tits that run show. Not, it's not them talking about it. It's them talking about it to kids. It's the magic. Even mm. the even today that that is a is a hot subject, a really 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 fiercely debated subject, and to talk about it in the way that they were, which was no kind of it wasn't subtle in any way. It was mm. very black and white yeah and um i i vividly remember even watching it the other day i just went oh shit i forgot about this one uh this bit and yeah and i think there's uh, another scene a little bit earlier on i'm sure it's the first night that he stays in the bed and breakfast um although when he meets that man who owns the bed and breakfast i would not have stayed there he was a fucking weirdo <laughs> Everyone, the whole island is full of them. No, Everyone that owns like a bed and breakfast weird. is like that. Everyone yeah. that owns a bed and breakfast is like that. I just want to touch on him really quickly because but, you know, ooh, no, ooh, no, no, ooh. no, 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 no. Did you? Because I remember texting you, John, saying this is a really, really weird setup here because the man is blatantly gay, um, or camp not that they're the same thing, has a daughter. Uh, but they were even, in the 70s. Even in the way, even in the way that he speaks to, um, I'm going to call him Edward Woodward because I can't think of the character's name. Howie. Howie. Officer Howie. Sergeant Howie. Even the way Neil he talks Howie. to him is really like suggestive and flirty and there's a lot of stuff with like the eyebrows and the eyes and I just thought it was really fucking horrible. Um, and I remember saying it's like I swear to God <laughs> I, uh, it's only you that picks up on these things in films <laughs> no I, I I thought he was quite interesting I didn't really pick up on that I just thought he was very kind of loose and free I didn't think he was kind of governed by any sexuality at all he was kind of the first what's that word when you're both bisexual no, the other one where you have no no sexuality, asexual, whatever, whatever. It was kind of just like that. It was just a quirky character that, that didn't really belong to any socially created group. Um, I think he had sex with men on that island. I'm not gonna lie. I, I probably that, I, did, but he's not. And his daughter it's, probably. It's, it's probably it's free. And Rod Stewart. I probably would have. Um, who is who is neither man nor woman. I probably would have inferred that quite a lot that he there was something weirder than was what was going on with his daughter. I would have done that. And do you know when I, um, when Christopher Lee brings that young virgin to his daughter? Yes. I would have had him ask the the dad for permission, and I would have had him a, a little ceremony outside where like they like. If he'd have asked the dad for permission, that would have gone against their beliefs because it's not her dad's permission to give. It's this is about handing sex and sexuality back to not just women but well, everybody. Well, not, I'll, I'll take permission back then and just add him involved in it more, just so it it just to add for the, the exactly that face that wow you want it weirder. <laughs> I I I mean I I've talked about making films like this for ages, and the 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 one modern day comparison that comes up, and I've said this to you both, is that Midsummer, which yeah. is about four and a half hours of just nothing. In, it's well, it, it is quite long, um, and literally is within. It I like it, but within twenty five minutes you go, "This is the Wicker Man," but it's different. It's, slightly it's, different. It's, it's it's not though. It, it, there's it more is. weirdness. There's more weirdness in fifteen minutes of the Wicker Man than there is in this entire yeah, that entire it, film because it's been done before, so you know what's coming. And it, yeah, but it doesn't just because it's been done before doesn't mean you don't do a good job with it. They, well, they, they did do a good job of it, but it's like you, there's no. Uh, do you think? I I think it's fucking rubbish. It is. I thought you liked it. I like the idea, and I love Florence Pugh. She's just amazing. maybe maybe because I was just watching Florence Pugh. I thought this is a brilliant film, whereas I was watching Florence Pugh and enjoying it very much. Midsummer is three kind of individual sequences which are very well done packaged in a f- boredom in absolute it's, it's, boredom it's, it's very very well filmed and there are there is 90 
minutes of very good film in there. It just needs quite a fair bit cutting away. In the, wick, in the Wicker Man, no one speaks at times and you're thinking, fucking hell, this is just... You just don't want to be there. It's just a place that's just, just so freaky and so scary that you don't want to be there. And the feeling, the unsettled feeling, which they absolutely intended in this, and there's not even a discussion about that, is there from the first shot. That's not there in Midsummer, and it's not there in most of these weird culty films like that where you there's, go to um, civilization or a new... There's, there's a good film on Netflix, I think, still called Apostle with Michael Sheen. Um, yeah, that was all right. And it's not as good as The Wicker Man, but it's, um, it's, it's still pretty good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, Midsummer is too long, and it's wonderfully filmed and brilliantly acted. And, yeah, but it's not... Um, it's essentially just 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 a wicker man padded out and the, with nice filters on it. It's the atmosphere that wicker man create creates just on the island before anything even happens or even in between the things happening. You're still just in a you're lost. You're lost there, and you're just going. I want to go home. I want to go home. I want to go home. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. It is. I think as Sean said right at the start, it's not scary, and maybe it's. It's it's not looking back on it now, but the idea I think is still scary today. That's something that we'll never be able to to get get away from. Um, the idea that you can be cut off from anything familiar and friendly, uh, isolated on your own, sort of not not only physically, but you know, as he learns um, religiously, he's a, a smart dressed, clean cut sort of uh, man of the law and the government against this sort of free frolicking hippie world um of paganism and all that comes with it um i really want to get to the reason for his sacrifice so there were a few reasons that they picked him weren't there um mm-hmm. one was obviously the fact that he was a, a virgin one of them was he came with the power of a king wasn't it and I, yeah. i'm assuming they mean law by that and there was something else and i can't he, he was willing he came of his own free will. That was it. Wasn't yeah. It? Was, was there it. another one? Was there a fourth thing? Yeah, there was, and I can't remember what it was. No, I can't. It's gone. There was there was four because Chris Foley does, as in classic old movie style, as as I have come to learn, exposes the entire plot of the film in a three minute window. Oh, yeah, so as you see, you came of your own free will. You came of the like window a, with the king. Like a Scooby Doo. Oh, you must die. Yeah, well, exactly. I wanted well, to. I wanted to look at the virgin part of it specifically. Um, mm. Because normally when you have virgin sacrifices in films, it's normally a woman. Um, so I, I, it was good that it, it sort of turned that on its head a little bit and it was a man because I thought that was really unexpected and I don't remember that from the first viewing of the film because when he's lying in bed and says, I don't believe in it before marriage and you learn that he's a virgin, that really shocked me really really shocked me yeah you sent me a text regarding this the yeah but so here's the thing that i don't understand then if they picked a virgin to sacrifice mm. how how would a culture or a religion that does not hold virginity as sacred or sex before marriage as sacred why would that be part of the reason for his sacrifice did they because it's rare i don't, I don't know yeah, I don't know about them holding the act as sacred, but being um, un un what is it untainted or whatever or pure, I think that was very important on there. I don't think they they saw it in the same you can't do it before you're married thing, but it was definitely a thing because they they made it almost a ceremony with that fella being offered to Brit Eklund. It's just that I think they needed many boxes ticked as well as that one. And they just, I don't, my question is how did they find out about him? How did they know about him? Yeah, that's what I asked you yesterday, but I don't think the answer you've just given me satisfies my question. That's because it's not an answer. It's more of a thought process. Well, think again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. That just 
doesn't feel right to me. I, I get that sex is a bit of a ceremony thing and it's part of their worship or whatever. Um, but I don't, the fact that he's maybe, a virgin yeah, and he wants to Maybe it's just a, 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 a belief thing. Maybe they, you have to, they, they wanted someone, I mean, if this is true, they should have put it in the film, but maybe they wanted someone who believes, who actually believes that it's something completely different. It's, it's an act that a man and a wife do. In when you're married, it's not something that you do <laughs> almost and recreationally that these just people on the island put this out there. This man is blatantly in his 40s and he's oh, he's engaged to be married. He's not married, he's engaged to be married and he's never had sex. Yeah, it should have said his age. I don't think he's supposed it to should, be a 40 year old. He should have been a young man. He should have been yeah. a young man. Yeah, I, I agree there, yeah. definitely. He should have been about. 20, 25, something like that. There is no way that any 40-year-old man in the 1970s, religious or otherwise, at the age of 40-something, was a virgin. Unless so, I mean, a some, some of them, them are, but... Not it, yeah, if, 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 if they were going to do that, they should, have, they should have remarked on his age and they should have said... Um, they should have made more of a deal about it because... He, we're coming at it in a completely different era where it's just borderline. We, we think now it's impossible. It wasn't that impossible back then. It was incredibly fucking rare, though. Like, it's so rare that it's it, it, it should have been remarked on more in the film. Mm. But it wasn't, like, impossible. It's not as impossible as how you make it out to be. No, I mean, I don't believe it's impossible, obviously. Someone can yeah. get to that stage. It's not an impossibility. Yeah. But I know what you mean. It's it should have plausible. It, it should have been remarked on a bit old to be but waiting this older, moment. Older films did have... <laughs> older films did tend to cast older males, didn't they? And I don't yeah. really understand that what that was about. It seemed um, like film stars sort of... Whereas now you think they peak when they're mid twenties and thirty, yeah. they seem to be a. Well, I mean, look, look at fucking Christopher Lee. Yeah, um, I suppose he does sort of fit the role because he's an old man, yeah. older, older gentleman. But yeah, um, uh, Sergeant Howie certainly, certainly, yeah, quite old. Mm, definitely. Um, yeah. in, in terms you... of being being a prime prime star to, to put in the film. Like, it was a bit of a risk, wasn't it? Like, going back to your point, we need a virgin. Let's go and get this 40-year-old copper from the mainland, just in case. Because, I mean, he might say he's a virgin, but he might be having it off with all kinds. Like, why take that risk? Yeah, that's the thing. What would happen if... Um, I'm probably missing the point here, but what would, what would have happened if um, uh, Thingy uh, shagged him, like, in the pub? Is that oh, just out the window this, then? Again, this is it. It doesn't make sense because she's trying to seduce him and if he went with it, he would no longer be a virgin and part of this sacrifice. Is, is, maybe is that her trying to, trying to save, save him, yeah? Maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's a test. Maybe, but this, this is what this film, another thing that this film does amazingly well, it, it gives you moments like this where, you, where it's completely up to you. I know that can be considered lazy and you just go, yeah, did they not mean it or did they not? Yeah, I've got to but say, like, if it's intentional, then fair play. But if, yeah, if but it, and they thought I'm, about some, it. But. Yeah, sometimes I don't know whether that it, it's intended, but uh, like this, that's what I get out of it. You can you can go and fill in the blanks yourself. I I don't know if I necessarily agree with that anymore. I think there should be at least some suggestion of it. Um, the 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 beginning when he's in church, if if they found out about him and they said this guy's perfect, there should have been one of the. If they open up that opening scene with one of the one of their islanders in there, or even Christopher Lee in there, just looking at him, nodding or something, then that's 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 put to bed completely. Because it's very obvious that he's very very pure, he's very very religious, and he's very authoritarian as regards the police. So if you just put Christopher Lee in that church during during the beginning, maybe maybe he's fucking there. I just haven't noticed. I I would have noticed, but. If you put him in there, then and you see him just watching, and it, you have this moment where he just like closes in on Christopher Lee's face, and he's staring at him. That shows the world that he's found. I found what I've been looking for. This is my sacrifice. Now I need to get him over to that island. I There's, suppose that, you don't that know that, that that anyone at the church could have been one of the the villagers of Summer Isle. And it's just it may, not. Maybe yeah, it's maybe alluded to. I mean, yeah, it would have it would be really nice if 
Yeah, there was just but, some no mark villager, and you see them, and they're they're at the church yeah. at the start. It does it but doesn't you, really pan into yeah. them, and then you but, see them later on. Yeah, but you are you, you. They have to have done that, and I don't think they've done that. Maybe, no, they, they maybe, probably haven't. But. Maybe you you could say that one of them was there. That's when really but they have to do it as filmmakers to 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 have any credibility with it. I would have put Christopher Lee in there at the beginning. I would have put him kind of like not looking. Not in a disguise because let's face it, seventies disguises would have made him look like a dickhead. But him at the back, like right at the back, just and it, and I would have done exactly what I did. Granted, I am basically refilming one of the greatest film, one of the most famous films ever made. But I'll make it better. <laughs> oh, so let's talk about the film's legacy. We've also we've sort of touched on it, haven't we? With some of these other films like um, <clears throat> Midsummer and Apostle. There is also a remake. Oh, what? Nicholas, a remake. Oh, yeah. Was he a virgin in that? I actually can't remember. I can't can't think that they would have made him. I've only seen like 10 minutes. It's mostly about some bees. I might watch that again, actually. There wasn't a remake. It doesn't matter. Let's just move on. Okay. And was there not a film called The Wicker Tree? Is that in some way related? To yeah, the, there, was, was there was a sequel to this, which they endorsed, yeah. I believe. Oh. Like Chris Folina. Directed by the same fella. Oh. He, um, I think he did. He's only ever directed three films. This was his first. Um, you can see how he struggled with his career because he's never going to top this. I d- I d- I d- it's Christopher Lee that sets it apart and it's the writing. As you were talking about last week when you were talking about the novel, Mm. He had the the, the 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 guy who wrote the novel wrote the script for this, and it, it from the moment that he started writing it for me, he just couldn't fail. And as long as you up the madness, you're gonna have a fucking hit on your hands. Granted, it took a while to become the hit that it is now, but he still still did it. Yeah, I wouldn't describe this film as a hit. <laughs> no, I would. Not well, looking, yeah, retrospectively. Not like, not like an instant hit, but it was definitely a sleeper hit. And by the end of the year, or the end of the following year, it was considered one mm. of a, a real, a real hit. It did develop a, a cult following for ages, but as long as the money keeps coming in, they don't give a shit. Oh, cult, I can't cult, find any reference to a direct sequel to this. There was one called a, poss- a possible sequel. Um, the Wicker but Tree, I, it was called. No, The Wicker Tree is not a direct sequel. It's one of those ones called a spiritual oh. sequel. Is like uh, Chris Fellaini? Oh, what that idiot has done with Candyman recently. Um, I won't <laughs> use his name because I absolutely cannot loathe. I, I, I loathe him. Absolutely Who is it? No, I'm not saying. The, I've never seen Candyman. Oh, go away. Okay. Um, yeah, Chris Fellaini was in it. In that, in the winter yeah. Tree, well, that was quite. I say recent, not recent, but it wasn't in the seventies or eighties, was it? No, it was. was um, it? I will get the date for you, John. It was two thousand and eleven. Yeah, so I mean, probably one of Chris Philly's last films. Yeah, probably. To be honest, I'd say it sort of bookends his career, but I think he was acting for like three hundred years before yeah, the Wicker Man I think he'd made quite a few films quite quite a few films before we got <laughs> I, I noticed that you got there before quite a few films <laughs> I believe he's made so let's move on to the end the one of the probably the most famous ends in cinema is uh, this, this film gets exceptional exceptionally good as soon as he sees that weird little villager in his little dragon costume running through the streets, that's when it's like, that's when no. it's the, the, the silly music stops and it becomes creepy as fuck and cool and weird. And it makes me still feel a bit uneasy. You know, whenever you like, obviously more recently you've been able to do it again and, but not for like a year and a half before that or whatever it was. Um, there's a lot of sort of like little, not toy villages, but like quaint little villages like this in Wales, where you like you drive down, you go for a walk, or whatever. Uh, places like uh, Langothlin, Port Marion, mm. um, and they all give me a weird and uneasy feeling. And I believe it is mostly because of this film, and mostly because of that. Th- these villages, as they just start to don their their outfits and their masks, yeah. 
And it's not as they're chasing him around. It's it's after when he realizes his uh, his plane doesn't work, and that's yeah. where it's like, oh right, mm-hmm. no, okay. So that what's been what obviously we know as cinema goers and and film watchers, we know is going to happen because it's a film. Um, we're now assured of, and he's now assured of in his mind. He goes, all right, so this is a thing now. This is going to happen. This is towards the ending. Um, and there's going to be uh, a collision finally between me and these hippie weirdos, um, and it's and it ramps up in a most wonderful manner without getting too silly by the standards of Hollywood. Might I add? I think it. it I think it relied a lot on chance. I mean, yeah, he was stuck on the island because his plane, his plane was was stuck. They broke <laughs> it. Yes. They broke the plane, but what I'm saying is <laughs> <laughs> they relied on chance in terms of him being there at that time. Like, he's on an island. He could have gone anywhere. If he didn't want to be or see or witness this, this thing. He's got he though, and he's on the other end of the island. He's a copper. He's got this, this fuck all there. This is where it's like his bed and board is and like all the schools are. There's no weird stuff. There's nothing to investigate. Is there like no, trees and stuff on the other side right. of the island? But it's it's all cha- it's all too chancy for me. All too chancy. I don't, I don't think there's anything of, of chance with it. Oh my god! Of course there is. They rely like on him to be in the fool's outfit, like they mentioned well, that earlier. But, the, but uh, yeah, but that's that's he's obviously going to be in that because he's that that, that that it's brilliant because I think early earlier on in the film. I'm sure he says something like that. I'm probably written it down. I will have written it down. He yeah, he says he will not be made a fool of indefinitely, and it's just just a wonderful assimilation of 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 foreshadowing. And obviously, it goes to show just how much that they've been toying with him for this whole thing because there's a, there's a brilliant status quo. Um, parallel lines running of the whole way through the film. They know what they're going to do with him at the end. Um, they're obviously they're going to cook him um, because he's a nice, tasty virgin, um, sent of his own free will by God and stuff. Um, and then there's another line coming across, and it's like sort of when they finally meet at the end because it's he obviously feels very uneasy. He doesn't know their intent. And then he guesses at their intent and they sort of toy with him back. And then it gets to the point near where it meets to the collision at the end where it's a bit like, well, he knows that they know that he knows what their intent with him is. You know what I mean? But it's mm-hmm. unspoken. It's unspoken. It's like sort of polite. It's like two people that are, I don't know, going out for coffee. There's a massive elephant in the room and now that them discusses it and they're too polite, which is insane to think what the consequences are. Um, and then by the time it does come to a head, um, then obviously it's uh, it's far too late. Not that he can escape anyway because he buggered with his plane. But I really enjoyed the uh, the status quo and, and him him as the jester um, is is indicative of that and how they played him played him for a fool uh, during yes. his entire stay there. Still relying on chance though. Okay. <laughs> the definite, like, I, I get what you're saying and I get what you're saying, like from a story perspective and a writing perspective and a storytelling perspective, but still relying on chance. It's the, not... the, the jester, he, he, he let it, he wanted him not only to knock him out, but to bum him. But it's not chance though, is it? Before it is. taking his yes. uniform. It's not, but it's, but it's not in this context. It's fate in this context, isn't it? Yeah, I no. agree with John. Chance, it, is, it is. It is. You are right. You are absolutely spot on. But if you believe in it, it's faith. It's faith and faith. It is. You are absolutely correct. Don't be thinking I don't agree with you. But if you're on well, you that don't. island, it's fate that this is island that this is happening. It's not. It's not. Mm. Maybe a bit more could have been made about. I love the way I'm basically remaking a better version of the Wicker Man in my head as we go without on. Nicholas Cage. Without there's only been there's never been a remake of the Wicker Man. <laughs> what did you think when you first saw the Wicker Man? Because to be honest with you, I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah. When I saw but it, I've, it was um, like, I've actually seen one scary. in real life that looked a lot like it, and it it if I hadn't seen this film, it just would have been a huge 
wooden man that was clumsily packed together. But because I'd seen this, and when I saw that one in real life, I shit me pants. Mm. It was the most scariest thing ever. And they actually let it, set it on fire, and it went up like a fucking... They must have doused it in petrol or something, but it just exploded, and it was... I, I just shit myself. I was like... Have they put anyone in there? Because it was just—I was so caught up in the moment. In those final scenes, I thought there were some really big parallels with the big JC, and I'm not talking about Johnny Cameron hey. or Johnny oh. Cash. I'm talking about obviously Jesus Christ, Johnny Cochran. <laughs> I thought there were some really interesting parallels there, like the group, the group of people around him, like pushing him on towards what was about to happen to him, and even when he's up inside the wicker man the gate that he's blocked in is actually a cross and he's sort of like slumped over it so even then he's he's on a cross um and i thought i was wondering what he would be thinking at that time whether he would oh shit this well, is hot. other than that, other than that. Um, but yeah absolutely oh shit because that's what gonna, i would be thinking i'm gonna and die a virgin I thought, yeah. Um, should have grabbed one of these animals. Probably what he's thinking. Which one of these animals I'm locked in looks the sexiest? (laughs) I thought, oh, I thought the squeals of the pig when the fire takes hold of the wicker man was absolutely horrendous, but fabulous at the same time. Um, Really, really good use of sound. And I think these final few minutes almost make up for the rest of the film being really weird and not much making sense and quite boring in a lot of parts. Um, because once it, gets going, communist once it gets going, it, it goes very fast. Um, yes. the, whole, the whole thing at the end is amazing. It is mm. like the ginormous payoff for you sitting there. And I admit that the film is, but it's supposed to be weird. It's supposed to be like off its head. And that payoff at the end is just, this, the, the weirdness stops then because you can't really burn someone alive in a weird way. Actually they do because there's outside singing and dancing like that. I completely forgot about that. That I'm singing and it. dancing amplifies that entire scene to the next level. It, it, I, now I'm all, that's all I'm thinking about, fucking burning. But, um, and were you, did you get to the end and think, oh, I wonder what happened with the crops the next year? Ooh. Yeah. Good. Because I, I, I remember, I I remember getting to the end and going, he can't be dead. <laughs> he just can't be dead. Oh, shit, he's actually dead. <laughs> I, I would have fast-forwarded like a, a year later as well, and it, I, I would have so had it all working out, the whole island flourishing again and like just... Apples everywhere and fucking not turquoise broad beans. Fucking people drowning. Oh, would it would it be as um as as the sergeant predicted, and they just burn Christopher Lee because it's still gone shite. Because he says, doesn't no, he? I, says if this doesn't if this doesn't people turn this No, that's what he says, doesn't he? This won't work yeah. out, and then they'll come for you. And he's like, no, don't don't be daft. Go with the man. I, I thought that my favourite scene of this, um, which is very unnerving, uh, is the, the chop scene, you know, where they've got like the swords and everyone has to sort oh, of go yeah, in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that still creeps me out. And I knew what was going to happen, that obviously he, do, he does die, but not there. And I know that the they chop like that papier-mâché head off and then someone comes out of it and it's, and it's all happy. But it's still, they managed to do it in a way that is... Um, extremely unnerving and just makes me anxious it's it's horrible and also how horrible and unnerving i don't know if they meant it to be like this or they just got it from a charity shop but is the the jester outfit his mask is just like when he's running about in it it's horrible yeah it is horrible it is really horrible (laughs) it's very very creepy and strange very very creepy okay guys i'm gonna do it i'm gonna also, can I just say, Sean, no. I hope you appreciated uh, in the end when uh, Christopher Lee says, you did beautifully, um, sort of like Edward does in the League of Gentlemen, as you did beautifully, Tabs. Christopher Lee literally says, but verbatim just goes, you did beautifully. It must have been where it, where it come from. I did not um, get onto that, but I definitely, definitely will go back and watch the very end again, just for that. Just that one line. 
So I'm going to do it then, guys. I'm going to ask Johnny Cameron, Nightmare Cinema, I'd stay for the popcorn or Absolute Nightmare. This is a, this is a delirious case of Nightmare Cinema. <sighs> John Don, I can tell by your smear. Just yeah, I don't think it can be anything other than official 100% Nightmare Cinema just because of the legacy that it's got. No, it's, I think it's I think it's fucking wonderful. Mm. Mm. Oh well, then I do a fucking go. I know sitting there smirking at me like that. I'm, con- I'm contemplating. I, <laughs> I was contemplating. That's what I was doing because you've lost that the way, so you can say what you yeah, want. I know I am. Yeah. <laughs> I am torn between stay for the popcorn or nightmare cinema because. I get it. I, I can see why it's. I can see why it's so well liked. I, I really can. Um, but for me, it's like it's too boring. It's not much is happening for me, and I, I like I'm not the kind of person that needs explosions and car crashes to tell a story. But I need something to be happening at least with the characters, and I just don't feel like it was either. I didn't care about him that much. I wasn't asked, or um, not or not much was happening. It was one of those two things, and for me, I'd I would eat the popcorn and I'd get off before the credits finished. What was more boring, this or Rosemary's Baby? And mm. um, <laughs> were you, you, you were thinking for the entire time, why am I not watching an Alfred Hitchcock film? No, I wasn't. Because ever wasn't, since we watched yeah. Psycho, I and we watched something. And it's just, and it's lose my attention for like twenty seconds. I think, why are we not watching Alfred Hitchcock film? <laughs> no, I wasn't. So yeah, I'd stay for the popcorn. I, I, it, I would probably never watch it again. To be honest with you, now I've seen it in my adult life. There we go. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of. Nightmare Cinema. Next time is our 10th episode, even though it feels like 100. Um, and we are over to John Dunn next time. So do you want to give us any clues, John, as to what Yeah, is... I don't know if, if you're going to let me do it, to be honest. Oh, sh- that um, means Sean's no. going to hate it. <laughs> I mean, Sean hates everything we do. I do. Yeah, hate everything I do. Like, I do unless know. it's The I... Exorcist, you hate it. <laughs> I think I'm, you even um, hated I'm... some of your own ones. <sighs> like, yeah. Um, I've wanted to do it before, but you've said oh. we're going to do like a whole segment on um, found footage films. Oh, I knew this was coming. Okay. I'm going to convince you why it's so shit, though. Okay. All right. That's your mission. So That's if you mission. know me, it's probably the most hated film I've got out there. I fucking <laughs> loathe this fucking thing. And I will show you why why it's so shit. I can't give you the name, obviously, but... It is the worst film ever made. A fucking con. A fucking con it is. I'm, I'm very excited. At least we know it's evocative. Oh, <laughs> fucking... <laughs> okay, fuck save it for next time. Thank you okay. very much for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe or follow and all of that good stuff that oh, Johnny Cameron you, normally advertises. Give us a goddamn rating. Leave a message, but not a nasty one. Please. please. please no, please. give us a nasty one. I like nasty ones. Yeah, but not nothing racist or homophobic you. or anything like that. Oh. Okay, thanks everyone. Bye. I said not. Bye. <laughs> Love you. Bye. Bye-bye.